I'm Sarah Trott, and welcome to the Fourth Trimester Podcast. I'm a new mama, and this podcast is all about postpartum care for the first few months following birth, the time period also known as the Fourth Trimester. My postpartum doula, Esther Gallagher, is my co-host. She's a mother, grandmother, perinatal educator, birth and postpartum care provider. Fourth Trimester Care, our topic, is about the practical, emotional, and social support parents and baby require. And importantly, it helps set the tone for the continuing journey of parenting. Hi everyone, this is Sarah Trott here with Esther Gallagher, my co-host on the Fourth Trimester Podcast, and we have a special guest today, Maureen Fura. I want to remind everyone that you can go to our website, which is fourthtrimesterpodcast.com, sign up for our newsletter, sponsor us, look at recipes, look at our resources page. There's a ton of good stuff there, so please check it out if you haven't already. And I just wanted to introduce Maureen briefly. She is the writer and director of a film called The Dark Side of the Full Moon, and uh, it's got a great Facebook page and website. You can check those out as well. But really, most importantly, check out the film. And uh, Maureen, we just want to just immediately kind of ask you if you could give yourself a little bit of an introduction as well. Um, yeah, uh, my name is Maureen. It's, I'm very excited to be here. I love this podcast, the idea of this podcast and that you ladies exist. And what a great title, The Fourth Trimester. Um I made a movie a couple years ago, two years ago, and I was just um, a, a mom that experienced a um, mental health complication when I got pregnant, and I slipped through the cracks, and I wondered if what was happening to me was happening to other women, um, and I found an amazing woman named Jennifer Silliman who slipped through the cracks as well. And um, we went around the country, we picked up a camera and we got in our car and we started interviewing people um, to see if we were alone. And we found out that many women suffer from this number one complication of childbirth, which is something like pregnancy or postpartum depression, anxiety, and that a lot of care providers like our doctors aren't paying attention. Um, They're not really looking for it. They're scared to ask about it. And if we do present with symptoms, um, they don't know where to send us. So we made a a movie (laughs) about it. I think that's so brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maureen, are you comfortable telling us a little bit more about how you experienced late pregnancy and early postpartum? Sure. You know, mine hit the first um, two weeks of conception. Um, It was right. um, I started feeling like uneasy in my own skin. And even before I found out I was pregnant, an hour before I took the pregnancy test, um, I had my first suicidal thought. And this had never happened to me. I mean, I was a Peace Corps volunteer twice. I was an AmeriCorps volunteer. I drove cross country several times. Like things that are scary um, um, <laughs> excite me. So something something was wrong. And an hour later, um, I found out I, I took a pregnancy test and I found out I was pregnant. And within days, I slipped and and I had thoughts about um, committing suicide once every second. And I couldn't leave the house and I slipped into a severe depression. I had never felt these feelings before. 
Um, and I became an agoraphobic. I, I had to be babysat, um, and cared for like a, like a kid. Like my husband had to take care of me, um, my parents, best friend, his mother. Um, I couldn't be left alone. Um, and I kept asking for help. And at my first OB appointment at six weeks, I, I asked, you know, they said, how are you feeling? And, and I said, I don't feel like myself. I'm really sad. And um, this was in Monterey, California. And, and the doctor said, and it was a woman, and she didn't even, didn't even hesitate. She was like, you should be happy. You're having a baby. Right. Um, yeah. And I was just like, oh. I'm waving flags. And I knew, you know, um, I, I don't know if I would have been so open if I had had my son um, and he was a baby. Like, I think I would have been scared that they would have taken him. Mm-hmm. But because I was pregnant, um, I told everybody. And I went to 29 care providers before somebody finally was able to help me. So it was like six months of um, just falling to pieces. And I honestly didn't think I was going to make it to the end of the pregnancy and if I was, I planned on um, taking my life after he was born, which is a very common, um, the thought that goes through your mind is he'll be better without me. Like he could do right. so much better. It's like a common um, record that women say when they have um, postpartum depression mm-hmm. Yeah, and pregnancy had- depression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, we've heard that from other guests who have been through similar experiences. In fact, Lisa Abramson, whose um, podcast we're also going to post during the same uh, Mental Health Awareness Week, um, had very similar thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's having amazing. Gone full psychosis, in fact. Um, so 29 different care providers while yes. you were still pregnant? Yes. And that is like social workers, um, uh, different counseling centers, uh, OBs. Uh, psychiatrists. Um, I like, I was calling everybody. I even called Stanford because I thought they could help me decide if I could take medicine while I was pregnant. They had some kind of center and the specialist said, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you. I'd have to talk to your OB. I was like, come on, man. I am suffering here. Like I need help. And I would ask women who are pregnant, I would say, did you ever... Um, just wake up one day, not yourself. And I heard from a lot of women that it, it happened after, um, but nobody I I could find could tell me that um, something so dramatic happened with the change of hormones right when they got pregnant. And my doctors didn't even know it was possible. They just kept saying, uh, you have to white knuckle it. Um, you know, you're pregnant. There's nothing we can do. I, I got the craziest responses. Like I had ADD. I was told I had such great insurance by community health resources. I was told um, my insurance wasn't good enough for some. My school, I was in grad school. Um, I had three free psychological consults I could do, and I called them, and they said, oh, suicide, that's too big. Uh, We can't really help you in three visits. No referrals, just like kind of let me go. Um, So that's really where the movie came from was like, were these women that you hear about on the news, were they reaching out for help too and and just slipped and just were kind of handed off a bunch of times, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Did yeah. you have a sense of what kind of help you were looking for? Honestly, I wanted to be put away in a, in a facility until I delivered. I had this idea that um, if I could just have the baby, I would feel like myself again. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I didn't know it was very hard for me to decide to take medicine. But honestly, that was like the turning point and turning down the OCD thoughts. And mm-hmm. thank God, I mean, it, the suffering that happened from not taking the medicine, I remember saying to myself, I wish I had done this sooner. I mean, I was mm-hmm. crying. Like I couldn't leave the, the bed at all. So, I mean, I wasn't myself anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations for reaching out and asking for help. Thank you. Um, yeah. I think yeah. that's like, that's that, courageous. Yeah. I mean, it takes and a can, lot of energy when you're feeling like the bed is trying to eat you, you know? Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think I was just so frightened of like, um, I was always that positive person or I always had like that inner voice that would be like, it's going to be okay. And for the first time it was gone. And that was just so frightening mm-hmm. to think, to have your thoughts tell you it's never going to get better. Like I, I didn't even know who I was anymore. So yeah. I'm so thankful that I had such good people around me that were holding me together. Yeah. Well, not only reaching out for help, but continuing to ask for help. Yeah. yeah I think that was of- one of the ways that I healed myself. I felt very guilty about wanting to kill myself. And I think I was like, Maureen, you wanted to live. I mean, you kept asking for help. You did. You really yes, did want to live. You did. Yeah. Yeah, I um are there are there any other I mean it's pr- it's dramatic enough uh, we don't you know there doesn't have to be more but yeah. I'm just curious if there were other sort of collateral um things that you noticed like um being angry at somebody or everybody a lot or um, uh, you know, just any other sorts of manifestations that you felt went along with this that really were maybe smaller, but certainly elemental clues to what you were, ex- you know, the fact that you were having a mental health crisis. I think the big ones were um, the extreme anxiety, the crying all the time, um, I couldn't eat. I dropped weight so fast. I was scared to leave the house. My thoughts kept saying things. It was the what if thoughts. Those are the classic OCD thoughts. Um, what if I, um, you know, I'm driving the car and I go off the cliff. So then you stop driving. And then what yeah. if I uh, drop the bleach in the food when I'm cooking? Okay, then I stop cooking forever. Um, you know, what if I fall asleep and wake up and do something terrible? So then you stop sleeping. So it was like, those kinds of um, things, and they just wouldn't stop. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have anger. I didn't have the the rage that some women talk about. That one didn't hit me. Yeah, that is, however, a good thing to make note of. <laughs> that you I mean, can have you know, it. For yes. some, yeah, for some of us, just being, you know, angry and th- at everything and nothing all the time. Yes. That can be a giveaway to that rage or aggressive take. Yeah. Or not feeling like yourself or that anxiety. Some women, um, just obsessing about like how, how many bottles did my baby have? Oh, my baby's not eating. Oh, my baby, like those kinds of things. And you can't sleep. That's Mm -hmm. a dead ringer for, for some kind of, um, mood disorder. Yeah. Yeah. Not sleeping is a big one. Oh gosh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. And I also want to say, 
I just think that you and your your friend's name is Jennifer. Yes, yeah, yeah the yes. co-producer. Yeah, I just think <laughs> it's so lovely and brilliant of you to just say we're grabbing a camera, we're getting <laughs> in the car. Can you talk about that and the you know sort of like how 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 did you get to where you were? when you decided to do that. And then we'll talk about the actual adventure. Um, it, it was really, it was a destiny kind of moment. I went to her home to film um, her daughter who has autism. And it was mm. for a company that that does ABA therapy. So I'm interviewing her and she's so good on camera. And I was like, you are so good at this. And she's like, oh, thanks. I run a group for postpartum depression. And I was like, what? (laughs) I was like, do you want to make a movie? (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, "Uh uh-huh. And the one thing about Jennifer, she's a rocket booster. Like you attach her to anything and like you have the Facebook page, the GoFundMe account. You're like, it's all set up within like sounds three like, days. Sounds like someone I know who's <laughs> sitting right next to me to my left. <laughs> and next thing we know, like we are making a movie. It's oh my happening. God, I love this story. Sarah, is this not our story? <laughs> Sarah, your rocket booster. <laughs> she is. Oh my gosh. She, she just said... You should do a podcast. And I said, I've always wanted to do a podcast, but and she goes, We're gonna do a podcast. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Oh. And a year and a half later, we've been doing a podcast like crazy. And if not for her, man, it would have fallen off the radar in a minute. Yeah. So um great. Okay, so that was the moment. That was yes. kiss kismet. Totally. But you both have small children, I take it, or at least each one small child. Yes, I had two. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Now, okay, so before we jump ahead. Yeah. Was this your experience with both pregnancies? No, the second pregnancy, um, I knew what to look for. I gathered my tribe. I told therapists. I had everybody in line. Mm -hmm. I was on a low dose of sertraline. Um, throughout the pregnancy, I assigned people to watch out for me and it never happened and never happened. And I'm so thankful. I just knew what to look for and I knew what to line up. Like I say that, um, the biggest thing for maternal mental health is that we should be pushing the postpartum plan. Like that's what we should be pushing instead of the birth plan for a moment. Um, really have your ducks in a row and think about, who is going to be there to bring you food and check in on you? And who are your therapists? And who are you, who do you need to tell to say, this is what you need to look for? And, yeah. And, and while you're at it, like, what did they need to know? Like, what do you need to know about them? If they're a therapist or a psychiatrist, right. like, what is their background and experience? And, yes. you know, um, and, it's, and a, I, it's a somewhat new thing. I mean, when I was having babies 39 years ago and really not faring well, yeah, there was psychology available. Yeah. So far as I know, you know, I would have either been locked up or, right, you know, um, which can still happen, right? And for it some does. people, it might it be therapeutic. 
However, wouldn't it be nice to forego that if possible? Of course. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. That's what, you know, that's the hard thing was, is that what we were finding and we were talking with people who had babies from 39 years ago and they were like, we've come so far. And we're like, but we're just uh, everyday women. And this happened to us. Yeah. And then we like, we're in the car and we were finding so many women that it was happening to all over the place. Yeah. So, so that really, was, we was haven't hard. come very far. No, but I We've think. We've got a few more drugs, but oh we, my don't, we don't necessarily know when and where and how to use them, do we? No. And our doctors don't really, I think we still have this idea that motherhood just feels so good and that the idea that it, it might not is so scary to think about yeah. that we have blinders on as a culture and yeah. our professions. Gosh, well, you, Sarah knows me. Like, this is the moment where I can launch into a feminist rant. Oh. <laughs> and I won't because Do it. people already – Oh. <laughs> Do it. Do well, it. I mean, you know, this this default mode of, of – that you experienced of, yeah. oh, you should be happy. Um, everything's going to be okay. At least you have your baby in your arms, you know, yes. blah, 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 blah. As if yeah. your experience of all that does not matter. You're right. just a cipher in the life of a child. For sure. Um, so, yeah. That's I all felt that. I, yeah. You know, that happened and when I got back to Monterey. I, I went to Los Angeles. I just went everywhere looking for help. And there was a psychiatrist and I called her. She was in Carmel. I said, I need somebody to, you know, manage this medication I was just put on. I'm like seven months pregnant. And she's like, um, I need to talk to your OB before I could ever do that. And the pediatrician of the baby. I was like, but I'm yeah. just a vessel. Like, I might not make it. Yeah. <laughs> do you get that? Yeah. Yeah. Who? Chicken and egg, right? I like, know. How's the egg going to make it if I don't? <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, yeah. Gosh. It's so Western. Oh, it is. Yeah. It is. And what we found in a big point that comes out in the movie is that um, if this were a lump in our breast, because it's also a mental health thing. We, I mean, we couldn't mm -hmm. figure out if it was a mother thing or if it was a mental health thing or if it was the two crashing into the to each other that made it such a perfect storm. Mm -hmm. But um, if it were a lump in our breast, um, a doctor wouldn't turn his head or her head away. Um, they would they would figure out what to do and they would acknowledge it. But mm -hmm. for this, it's just um, they look away. Yeah. Yeah. And I can speak from experience that, uh, you know, it wasn't that long ago that if even if it was a lump in your breast. <laughs> oh, you know, if it was prostate cancer, they'd be all over it. But so if it if it had been a lump in your breast, you might not get treatment in time. You know, so, I said you this know. in a TEDx talk once that um, this has been around since Hippocrates. Like yeah. he wrote, he wrote about it. But yes. something tells me that if this had involved a penis, we would have figured this out so much longer. Like yeah. we would have figured this out like two thousand years ago. Yeah, and. It is a mental health thing because, you know, we're not addressing paternal mental health no, any true. better. If not for women like Jane Honickman, who, right. like said, you know, this sucks. Like, we need to deal with this. Yeah. Um, but the way that men's depression often 
manifests is anger and violence. Yeah. We know that postpartum women are at very high risk, the highest risk for homicide in America. Why is that? It's because their partners, if those partners are male, are having postpartum breakdowns. Oh, I never even thought about that. Sure. I mean, that's how men express depression often, often, not always. I've never linked that. That's very powerful. I don't think we do. I think it's odd when we do, you know. No, it's um, so true. And I know Jane is saying, like, we should change the name. It shouldn't be maternal mental health. It should be paternal. Parental. Men- parental yeah. mental health. And I was yeah. like, Jane, you are a visionary. You are yes, always right. on the cutting edge. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're like yeah. 20 years ahead of your time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you can imagine the combo package, you know. Right. <laughs> Yeah, if both yeah. parents, I mean, how set would that child be? Yeah, so it's sad, but this is where we are, and you've done this amazing film. So tell us about the on-the-road adventure. <laughs> I can't wait to hear that part. <laughs> so we we hit the road. We went to California and San Francisco and Monterey and um, Boston and Minnesota and Saginaw, Michigan, in the middle of the snowstorms, um, Florida, and um, D.C., and Maryland, we went and North Carolina. We went to a lot of places, oh, yeah. and we kind of – we are grassroots filmmakers. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. pick up a camera, um, piggyback trips with family trips, <laughs> like that's and, like, set Great up interviews, idea. find yeah. a specialist. Um, that's really how the movie was made. And we found so many women who were willing to share their stories about um, suffering and falling through cracks big time. Without uh, revealing anything that would be, you know, kind of a privacy issue, uh, how, how did you find people to talk to? It was so easy using postpartum support international oh, yes. um, private groups. Uh, Jennifer was a PSI coordinator at the time. Um, so one little post and she was able to find people. And then um, just people I had known in graduate school. One woman called me after she was hospitalized and her baby was taken away. Mm-hmm. And she just had anxiety. And she was like, I think, a, you know, I think I was just... I think something I've been violated. And so we went and filmed her. I mean, women just kept popping up out of the woodwork. Mm -hmm. I did, by the way, see the movie. It is brilliant. Um, It's beautifully done. And, you know, I mean, I don't, I, this is meant to be an endorsement and I hope I'm correct in it. It's not a scare tactic movie. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's just a lovely, and truthful and forthright presentation of A, women's stories, B, the issues, because you do a phenomenal job of, you know, documenting the statistics and the, you know, the reality, the broader reality. And I really recommend everyone see this movie. Doesn't matter who you are, 15 year old boys and girls in high school, you know, like see this movie. Um, grandmas, you know, grandpas, like, it's just, just a lovely, lovely, lovely 
and hard hitting, you know, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, we chose. So thank you. We chose to make it a container of uh, a vehicle to hold all of the stories that popped in the news since we started filming yes. to when we closed. And that's been it's been really hard for people Such to a watch. Great, yeah. But I remind you know people that's what it it was meant to be a mirror. It was meant to honor these women to hold them so that we don't lose them. And no, like this is happening. The stakes are high. Um, we can fix this. It's been fixed in other places. Let's do this. We can do this. Yeah. Where can someone go to see the film? Um, they can go to iTunes or they can go to Amazon. Where I think Amazon Prime, you can watch it for free. Super cool. And then what would you say are the main takeaways from the film or the main messages that really come through? I think the biggest thing I remember when I was writing the end of it, I was like, what did I really come to say? Like, like what did we earn the right to say? And I think it was that motherhood, it, this is the best kept secret, you know, motherhood doesn't always feel great. And, and sometimes it's really hard and sometimes we need help and we need to ask for help and our providers need to ask us for help and how we're doing and learn how to talk about it. So I think that was the biggest takeaway is that let's just get really real about motherhood and becoming a mother. Um, it's not, it's not always unicorns and that's okay. Um, and as I think as soon as we can marry the light with the dark, I think then, then we can start to solve the problem. I agree. And solving the problem isn't making it be unicorns, right? What? Like no. it's, that isn't the solution. The solution is, going to be something different. It's going to be, you know, it's going to involve reality. <laughs> right. And it was really right. about getting everybody on the same page. We That was a huge takeaway is that this is a very sticky, complex, cultural, societal problem. It's a public health crisis and it's going to take everybody at the table to solve it. And I think the one thing that um, your listeners can take away is that there's you know, let's ask the moms in our life, the new moms and the old moms, um, instead of just focusing right on baby all the time, let's take a moment and bring it back to her and say, like, how, how are you really feeling? Um, how are you really doing? How are you sleeping? How are you eating? Do you know one in seven women, this might not be, it might not feel good. Um, and just having those open conversations with women, asking them, how, how are you doing? You know, your baby's cute, but how are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how are things with your partner? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, because it's, yes, it's a big thing. You know, if, if they're your primary, if everyone's considering them, your primary support person yeah, and they're having a difficult time, so hard. whatever the difficulty, um, whether, it, whether it's, they had to go back to work or yeah. they've, pretty much lost their emotional center. Right? Totally. Um, all of these are stressors, everything in between. So I think that's one of the things that came out in the movie was that we're having babies in a very different way than we've ever had them in the span of human history. You know, mm-hmm. we're having them very isolated. Um, there's this, we want to be independent, but we're having our babies without family members around and tribes and help. And yeah, if one of you is suffering, um, it's going to make it so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of 
brings us back to something you said earlier around instead of having a birth plan, what would it look like to have a postpartum plan? Yes. So what do you think that looks like? You know, it is lining up, um, thinking about who, who can you call when your husband is out, you have to drive baby, you're not feeling great or, or you need to go to the doctors, um, but you can't drive. Like, who are those people you're going to call? And it's also who's going to, who are you going to ask to maybe pick up some groceries or are you going to try to do a grocery delivery service? And, you know, instead of thinking about, um, all of the bottles and, and what brand, um, stroller you're going to get is like, who's the maternal mental health therapist you can call and, um, where's that postpartum doula and, um, mm-hmm. who's that baby nurse if, if you're really having a hard time and, Where's that support group located and the mom circle and, and getting all of that together and having um, people know what to look for. I mean, just getting somebody to come into your home and um, to bring you groceries or to cook for you. You know, I think that's what we should be giving women instead of another onesie is yeah. I'm going to cook for you every Tuesday. I'm going to bring you a lasagna. You know what I mean? Like that's well, what they need. Not lasagna. Sorry. <laughs> Everyone's heard me say it a hundred times, like not lasagna. (laughs) But yes, food. (laughs) And I say like, I mean, if you live in a city, it's easy. But here we have, you know, a grocery service. Going grocery shopping with your baby is like torture. It's so hard and driving is scary. And, you know, I, I would invest in that and I would really think of different things to invest in to make it really easy. Because other countries have the 40 days that you're not allowed to leave the house, you know? Yeah. So, they do, so they're obligated to take care of you. Yes. You know? Yeah. Aunties and, are there. And they do. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's what we need more than all this prep for this one moment that's like less than 12 hours long. Yeah. Well, I'm going to add to that... Um, Thinking about your friend circle and choosing a friend doesn't have to be your closest friend and maybe shouldn't be, but somebody that you feel close enough to that has managed to develop compassion over empathy, meaning you're not going to come to your house, ask you how you are, and when you say, I'm having scary thoughts is going to go, oh yeah, I know what you mean. It's really scary, right? They're going to say, okay, here's what we're going to do, Hmm. right? And you've talked to that person in advance. You've come up with a game plan with them and they know what to do, right? They know to call your psychotherapist and your psychiatrist and your OBGYN and saying, and say, you know, Esther's having some real challenges and it's time for us to engage and see what we can do to help her get back on track sooner rather than later. Right? For sure. Oh, you're so right. You know, I mean, who has that? But I do think that we probably have a friend here or there that we could cultivate that relationship with. And who knows that they're going to call or visit and check in with you on day one, 
day three, oh. day five, day seven. <laughs> Wouldn't that be so nice if we all had like a mom keeper, <laughs> like yes. somebody who would do that? Yeah. Just be like, okay, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything's. We've, we've, that's so awesome. Yeah, we've talked about that in the past, right? The mother, mothers who need mothers. Yeah. Oh. The moms need a mom. We need somebody yeah. to step in and, and help out. And Esther, what you're saying about having someone check in, I think, you know, a lot of friends aren't necessarily going to feel like it's their place right. or necessarily have the right information at hand to give that help. So I think what's key about what you're saying is preparing them in advance. Yeah, right. Uh, it is key. And even the most well-meaning friends can say the thing that just crushes you. I mean, that was my experience with my second child was like the one person that I thought I could say my worst thought to yeah. well, d- did what you experienced at the doctors, which was like, oh, it's going to be okay. Oh. <laughs> and I adore this person, but like yeah. they didn't have, of all my friends, they you one would have thought they would have been the most prepared yeah. and they weren't. And, and part of the reason they weren't is because our culture was so less prepared, sure. but there are, there are mental health checklists, <laughs> you know, you yes. can find one and bring it home and, you know, you know, ask your OBGYN, like I want a copy of your mm. mental health checklist that you are supposed to go over with all of your clients at their six week check. Because wow. I want somebody checking in on me way before I'm six weeks postpartum. Right. You know? Um, so, you know, these things are have actually been created out in the world. <laughs> and I think we should commandeer them. Why don't we post one on our Facebook page and our website as part of this episode? That That's is a great, great idea. And I have a um, a great handout from Postpartum Support Virginia on creating a postpartum plan worksheet. And it's phenomenal. Oh, okay. And I can great. give it to you. I'll give you the link. It's great. We I will, wish I had it. We will share it. Yes. <laughs> and I will just say to all of that, like people out in the world, I don't care if you're a man, a woman, a four-year-old, <laughs> if you can read, <laughs> get this thing memorize it and ask nice ladies that you see that are pregnant and postpartum (laughs) how they're doing. For sure. I love that. I love just knowing you can be like, I love that message. That's culture change. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. It gives me chills. (laughs) Could you imagine a four-year-old little boy walking up to you and saying, I noticed that you're pregnant. (laughs) Have you been having any scary thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah that's nice <laughs> I think that oh. might be really scary for some people <laughs> it might be but you know <laughs> but wouldn't it be great if we lived in a world where we could expect that from a four-year-old uh, I mean what yeah. a different world that would be well yeah you know, or- where everybody was concerned in a, in a positive way, mm-hmm. right? In a, okay, yeah. this is normal. Let's do something about it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Not and just. Instead of the, um, are you going to have a vaginal birth? Are you going to do a c <laughs> Are you going to take drugs? Yeah. Right? How you feeling? How you, yeah. how you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Or have the expectation that that might be something that someone gets out of a mommy group. 
Yeah. Right. right? It's not just yeah. about it's making friends. Do... Yes. Yeah. 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 Which is of course a big part of it is making friends and having those connections and having people to talk to, but, yes. but to get that kind of support. Yeah. It's imagine, not just about buying the onesie for someone. Imagine yes. having the, the first 20 minutes of your mommy group being spent going over the checklist Oh. And anybody who needs to can raise their hand and say, yeah, it's, nice. it's hard to admit it, but you know, this is how I'm feeling. And I could really use Aww. some non-judgmental support in get, getting some good help. Does anybody have a referral? That sounds so good. Yeah. I love that. Asking exactly for what you need. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's get that into every class. Prenatal yeah. yoga. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Maureen, are you familiar enough with that, um, that postpartum list? I know we talked about some of the questions, but is there anything else from that that we'd want to highlight to our listeners of things to think about for your postpartum plan? Um, I think, I think the postpartum plan is great. I think, um, educating yourself about how, you know, checking in with yourself, how you feel. Um, gosh, I, I was looking up apps that could help. <laughs> There's an app that, um, and I'll have to try to find it to give to you, but where you people can sign up to help help you with stuff, like uh, take mm-hmm. take another one of your kids to school, or yeah. um, because if you have more than one, that's a huge stressor. Or if husband is working um, long distance, um, somebody to come in and to sit with you, or you know, help you, or take you grocery shopping. It's you know, you kind of want to still do your stuff. Um, so I'll find this app. But it, yeah. um, there's a website. It may still be out there. I'm almost positive it is. It was called Many Helping Hands. <gasps> you know, so maybe they've created an app out of that website. But it was a good. It was a good one, and you know, it wasn't specific to pregnancy. You know, if you yeah were going through cancer treatment or, you know, whatever, right? It was just a good all-purpose. You could say what you need in a paragraph and then, you know, turn it over. And and somebody else could be in charge of it for you even. Like they yes. can they can be the the coordinator while what you know that coordinates the friends. But anyway, yeah, that's a great I idea. think that would be great if we can move into that space of, I don't need to buy you, you know, yeah. um, another, another thing. Um, but I can, I can, I can help you. I can order you food <laughs> to be <Yeah>. delivered. <laughs> like yes. I can do that. Yeah. I mean, and actually I know there's the whole lasagna thing, but a lasagna <laughs> might be better than nothing. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Sarah knows I'm just so, I'm so, so strong about maternal nutrition that I tend to go, oh, not another lasagna. But um, one of my best meals that someone brought me during my postpartum was they brought over a cast iron skillet and it had like the chicken that was cooked in it. Yeah. And the, and they brought over um, like mashed potatoes to go with it. And it was so tasty and it felt so extremely thoughtful to just be presented with like the dish that it was cooked in and the food and the love that went into that. Oh, yes. So good. Yeah. That is so nice. (laughs) That's a good question to ask people. Like what was your best postpartum meal delivered to you? Oh yeah. 
to get people thinking, oh, um, I didn't receive one or (laughs) I should be giving one. (laughs) My best prenatal meal, hopefully this won't make anybody nauseous, but was (laughs) organic lamb's liver um, with uh, some beet greens. And I mean, it was very iron and, you know, vitamin rich. Um, and I love that kind of thing. So, uh, in the midst of living with somebody who was a vegetarian, this was like dying and going to heaven for me. (laughs) So, yeah, you could definitely tell you're from San Francisco. Well, at the time, I was living where I grew up, which is in a rural, rural Northern California town oh. called Los Molinos. Yeah. Oh. So, um, yeah, I wasn't a city girl at all, and especially oh. not at the time. But, yeah, no. I grew up on, you know, animals raised in the backyard oh. and stuff like that. So It sounds really nice. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Totally was. Yeah. I always say that if I was going to be pregnant again, I would have my dad be my postpartum doula. And I just would have him cook for me. And I'd make him hold the baby because he's a little afraid of newborns, which is silly. He had four of them. Um, But he, I'd make him hold the baby. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think that's one thing I would say is invest in, if you're going to invest in something, get a postpartum doula. Because that it's very, especially for your first baby, it's very overwhelming. There's a lot of fear. You don't, you know. And when you interview her, ask her, how will you be taking care of me? Mm. Right? Yeah. How will you specifically take care of me? Mm -hmm. Because some some doulas really are baby focused. I will say that, you know, and it's not, there's nothing wrong with that. However, we're talking about moms here and moms need care as well. So Yes. Yeah. That's a great question. And, and partners, of course. Yes. So. Yeah. Great. Well, any final thoughts for our listeners, Maureen? Um, uh, I hope you have a great fourth trimester. Uh, <laughs> make sure you ask for help um, if, you, if you're not feeling like yourself. Um, there's help out there, and and if you get the right help, you you can get better really fast. Great, great. Um, so, we we echo the message, and uh, we again we welcome everyone to to look at the film. Um, good educational resource for anyone who's thinking about getting pregnant or pregnant or has a little one. Um, and we'll post all the information on our website, including the postpartum plan, which is so awesome. We we do have a a birth plan template. Um, which is oh, like, nice. a, which is like a wish list, right? Because yeah. whose birth plan goes exactly as <laughs> no planned. Way. I mean, that's nice. That's a really nice idea. We call it intentions. Intentions. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, kudos to everyone who, who had it go the way they I know, expected, right? but, um, <laughs> just putting it out there. It's a template. It's a, it's a guideline. Um, but yeah, so we'll post all the information. Thank you again, Maureen, for being on our program. Um, Dr. Shosh, who's also a guest on our show, was one of your, um, was, you know, someone involved, I think, as an executive producer. producer. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, we're just so honored to have you as a guest on our program. And we are 
so thrilled about the work that you're doing. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This has been so wonderful. A great opportunity. Yes. Our deep pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. You can find out more about Esther Gallagher on estergallagher.com. You can also subscribe to this podcast in order to hear more from us. Thank you for listening, everyone, and I hope you'll join us next time on the fourth trimester. The theme music on this podcast was created by Sean Trott. Hear more at soundcloud.com slash Sean Trott. Special thanks to my true loves, my husband Ben, daughter Penelope, and baby girl Evelyn. Don't forget to share the fourth trimester podcast with any new and expecting parents. I'm Sarah Trott. Goodbye for now. Hello again, bicycle man I know you're doing all that you can I wrote the song, simple and true I wrote the song, I'll sing a song for you You got your wheels, you got your gears You ride around town without any fear You got your pedals, you got your brakes You always wear your helmet for safety's sake